Hey guys, and welcome to The Drop-Off, a weekly podcast between father and son about life, sports, and everything in between. Today is Friday, so we will be doing What's on Your Kindle edition. Is this the first one from Season 3? I think it's the first specific What's on Your Kindle episode. I think we had a small section on a previous episode. You know, we're not uh, bringing out as many podcast episodes as we were in previous seasons, and so we haven't had like a regular every Friday. But I know that hasn't that doesn't mean that you ha- have stopped reading and that you don't have anything more on your Kindle. And so I'm imagining you have a lot of different book recommendations to, recommendations to make for our listeners out there. And actually, I'm always on the search for good recommendations, and so I think people would be really interested to hear what is on your Kindle. Mainly right now, I just read at night, and one of my the books I'm reading is I'm just reading like the Boxcar Children Mystery Series, and it's pretty fun because it's like the little the little kid Benny's like really funny, so like it's like it calms you down at night, and it's like not really like super suspenseful, but it like it's I think it's a good reading nighttime book. Yes, Boxcar Children. That's a classic series. I mean, that series was, I don't know when it was originally written, but that series that was out when I was your age too, and I remember reading them as well. For those listeners who aren't familiar with the series, can you kind of give a higher level overview of what the Boxcar Children series is about? Like, I guess, first of all, what is a boxcar child? Like, that's a pretty interesting name. So the Boxcar Children series is about, um, side kid, these, this family, their parents, so, like, there's a preview, and their parents, I think, die in a car crash, and they think, in, like, the original series, they think their grandfather's very mean, so they don't go live with him, and they go live in a boxcar, and basically, the first series about is about their entire life in the boxcar. Yeah, so it's four siblings, right? Two boys and two girls, and so it's these yeah, four siblings who parents unfortunately tragically pass away in a car accident and then they really have to fend for themselves right and um, like you said Benny is hilarious he's he's the youngest brother and he's funny and so what kind of things are do they, do they solve like mysteries uh, during the books like what what is the plot of most of the books surround so they're short stories it's like basically like a 10 chapter sh- story with like three four with like five page chapters so it's a pretty or like it's a pretty quick read and it's basically the second series about them after they've like gone to his their grandparents and basically like what they do and like how they help the city by like solving mysteries and stuff yeah and so who would you recommend the boxcar children series to whether it's like what age level kind of what grade reading and as well as, you know, I think it's helpful when people say, hey, if you're a fan of these books or this series, then you might like Boxcar Children as well. Um, so any thoughts on those? If you're just a fan of, like, mysteries, I think it's, like, kind of, like, a good book for people who really like reading. But if you don't, like, really like reading, it's you're just going to get, like, bored of them really quickly. Yeah, so just these are just general, like, good stories like for that would be appealing for, like, anybody who likes reading, whether it's, like, a young child all the way up to even adults. Like, I haven't read in a while, but I'm assuming that if I were to, like, go home and pick up a boxcar children's story, like, I'd actually probably enjoy it. Um, It'd be an easy read, and uh, it'd be something that would bring back probably a lot of memories. You'll get this experience of, man, these books that when you read growing up, 
Yes, nostalgia. You know a little bit about nostalgia. You've, you've talked about nostalgia that you've had, about things that you did in first or second grade. Um, and so imagine over time, 10, 20, even 30 years later, you're reading this book to your own kids. And it just brings back this flood of just like warm, good memories and feelings. All right, so you got Boxcar Children. Anything else you want to recommend to our listeners about what you've been reading? Not really. Um, I really like the Mike Lupica and Tim Green books. Those are really good, like, sports books for kids who, like, really like sports and learning about stuff. So I would recommend those books to, like, everyone who loves sports, and that's about it. What about you? Well, I have a question. You obviously read a lot of these books, um, the sports books, Mike Lupica, Tim Green, things like that. And in my mind, they're all kind of similar, right? They'll follow the same formula. Do you think there's a possibility that you could write a sto- short story or a book kind of following that same formula about sports? I guess I probably could. It's like, yeah. I think you should try doing that. You know, like, we could actually do that. You could self-publish it. You could put it on Kindle Unlimited. Like, uh all you listeners out there, we need you to spread the word about the podcast because Nathaniel is looking to grow our audience. Um, but the only way we can do that is through word of mouth, really, because um, we can't afford to like pay for marketing. Um, and so one other way that you might be able to grow our audience is by writing some um, books, like ebooks, and getting the word out that way. We can like become part of the Kindle Unlimited program. And I think people find out, hey, there's this kid author writing awesome sports books. That could be another way of kind of growing our audience. What am I reading? Uh, That's a good question. Uh, One of the things I've been reading lately is a book I'm reading with mommy called How We Love. It's a really, really fascinating book that basically says the main point of the book is a lot of the problems that we have later in life are due to the way that we were parented early on in our life. And so like in our childhood, these deep imprints for better or for worse, and oftentimes, sadly, it's for the worse, make us react to situations in a certain way and make it harder for us to give and receive love, specifically in the marriage relationship. This doesn't really sound like a book I would want to read. Um, So what type of audience is it geared toward? Well, definitely it's geared toward married couples. uh, But honestly, it's kind of, well... I think it's super helpful after you've been married for a while, like your mommy and I have coming up on our 15 year anniversary. Shout out to mommy out there um, because they give examples in the, a lot of examples in the book and literally like they're examples of things that either I or mommy have said like multiple times to one another. And so like, if you read it, like ideally you like you read the book before you get married and you become like a master of it. But if I had read this before I got married, I'm sure like one, I would have thought, Oh, this doesn't really make any Like this doesn't apply to me. Uh, number two, like, Oh, I don't need to listen to this advice, but after going through it, after making a lot of mistakes, after not loving mommy well in the way that I should have, it's like, okay, I need help. And this book is actually like super helpful because it, it shows like, for example, there's tendencies that people have. And my tendency is what they call the avoider tendency, which means that like I suppress my feelings and saying, Hey, maybe in your childhood, you didn't have someone who would help to you to express and validate your feelings, which I I didn't, you know, I didn't talk to my parents a lot about my feelings. And that's not something that we did in our house. And so I think it's also helpful for parenting. Because now one of my goals for you and for Naomi and for our kids is to be able to, Hey, how are you feeling? And like, allow you to express those feelings, even those even if those feelings are negative, not to say, Oh, man, just like, stop crying, or just get over it. But like, hey, let's talk about it. Like, why do you feel this way? What's making you feel this way? 
Um, and so I think that's really important. Part of a parent now I see is more like emotional training. And I think that's going to make you and Nay a better husband and wife uh, for your future spouses uh, down the road. Do you feel like you understand your very feelings very well? Like if mommy were to ask me, how do I feel? I don't have very many words to describe how I feel like, oh, I feel good. I feel bad. Maybe I feel sad. Not that often, but sometimes I feel sad, but I don't have that like complex of emotions. Do you feel like you have a, a big emotional range where you can very clearly state, oh, this is how I feel? No, I think we're similar in that way. Like I'm very bad at expressing my feelings. Like, if you ask me how I was feeling, it would be a one-word answer, always. I can never give you, like, a complex, like, answer. Like, oh, I'm feeling like this because of this, and that caused this to happen and this to happen. I can never do that. No, see, that, that's where you're wrong. It's not that you can never do it. It's that either, one, naturally you haven't done it, or number two, like, for, for whatever reason, you've um, it's been suppressed. And so one of the things that um, that book encourages you to do is it has a list of soul words. And maybe we can start incorporating this kind of into our family practice. But basically there's a list of soul words and it has all these different words of like emotions of like how you're feeling. And so it gives you options. And I think that's really helpful because you and I, we have trouble just thinking on our own, like, okay, well, how do I feel right now? But if we saw a list of words and then, you know, there's like big words like sad, angry, upset, happy. And then under those, there's also other words you can do, like, I'm frustrated, I'm irritated, I feel lonely, I feel... And so there's all these ways in which, okay, I'm looking at this list, which of these words best describes how I feel right now? And it's like over time, you learn how to be able to uh, not just express yourself, but even just to like understand yourself. And that's like super important, particularly in a marriage relationship, because you got to know yourself and be able to communicate how you feel to your spouse in order for you to receive the care and comfort that you desire uh, to build kind of that emotional connection and uh, relationship and so it's super I, I think it's a really enlightening book I really enjoyed it it's an easy read um, you know for all you seventh grader kid listeners out there it might not be the most interesting book but I think it would be a book helpful for you parents out there or uh, others who might be listening yes so are there any other books that you've like read in the past um, since we've done the last one that you wanted to like just give like a quick shout out to See, I'm trying to think of books that would be like more, you know, since I took the um, pastoral role at Sanctuary Church, um, I the books that I've been reading are much more like focused or like they're mostly like theology books. And so I don't have as many books that are kind of be going to be more um, widely applicable. Uh, Naomi and I are just finishing up Wonderful Wizard of Oz, which I think has been a great read. Um, I think most people are more familiar with the movie. Than they with I think it's Judy Garland is that right who plays Dorothy than they are with the books and so honestly now that I think about it I'm not sure if I even ever read the books when I was growing up I might have just only seen the movie and you you kind of know like the famous lines from it you know um, follow the yellow brick road there's no place like home all that kind of stuff but actually reading the book has been a pretty interesting experience um, it's pretty interesting it's pretty good it's a little weird it's kind of quirky. It's got some different uh, elements to it that are um, just very random. Like, do you remember the part about, like, the wolves? The Tin Woodman cutting, <laughs> basically just, like, a bunch of wolves randomly attack, and the Tin Woodman just cuts off their heads and piles them super up super high. Um, and it's really, one of the things about Wizard of Oz is people have a bunch of different theories about, like, if 
is there a deeper meaning in the book? And if so, what is it? And I think it's one of those books that a lot of people can interpret in a lot of different ways. Uh, you've been kind of listening. Any, do you have any thoughts on what the deeper meaning of the book might be? I don't know. Maybe like Kansas is a scary place because both of the humans in Oz come from there. No, no. The Great Oz comes from Omaha. Remember, it's not Kansas, Nebraska, but it is. The, it's in the the plains, the plains of America, right? Yeah, you can, if, if you're there, you can get caught up in a tornado and sent to who knows where. I'll say, well, we have arrived at school. Thank you for joining us for another episode of What's on Your Kindle on the Drop-Off Podcast. Nathaniel, have a wonderful day at school, buddy. Love you. Bye, Dad.